It's Positive Spark Plug time, and I'm your host, Candice, and I am so fired up for you guys today, for I have a very special episode. I have a guest named Jeff Bristol in the house, and he is sharing an inspiring story of his life and how he has overcome addiction to drugs and how he has transformed his life into becoming a top-notch coach at Fitness Quest 10 in San Diego and how he works with athletes from professional to high school to the average Joes who are just trying to stay healthy and move their body. He talks about the power of having a team to keep you accountable, to have you take ownership for what you're needing to do within your life. He shares how there is nobody you need to beat and nobody you need to be better than than yourself. And how you can do that is by choosing yourself by sticking to the people you love, and by taking action in your dreams and your goals. This episode is full of inspirations, insights. It's a great story of connection for everybody, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. Let's get going. How are you? Hey, Candice. How you doing? I'm great. I just want to first off say thank you so much for joining me on the Positive Spark Plug podcast. Um, I've been wanting to have you on since I've heard you on Todd Durkin's episode because you really truly have an inspiring story that I believe can connect with a lot of people in a lot of many different ways, whether it's the person that is going through it or the people that are around them that are experiencing it through them. And because of that, I wanted to you on your story because you've overcome a lot and you are doing a lot of stuff to create a lot of amazing impact and I believe my listeners need to hear it all so thank you well Candice uh, I appreciate it and uh, you know I thank you for inviting me to be on on uh, your podcast and uh, I've been following you for a while and and you're doing great things and um, you know you and I we we do what we do because um, you know we 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 like working with people and helping people and spreading spreading the message and the encouragement. Yeah. We each of us have a story, and uh, you know when you can use that story or those experiences to help others, that's what it's uh that's what it's all about. It truly is, and um, I wanna I wanna dive into it. So right now, as we speak, you are the general manager of the top fitness facilities in San Diego. Me, I believe the world because you guys are phenomenal as coaches, but you guys work with top end athletes, you guys work with professional athletes, and it's run by one of the most impactful and authentic men there is, I believe, and uh, he's the mentor to both of us. But I want to dive into before you were introduced to Fitness Quest 10 because you have quite the story before um, it arrived in your life. So can you share a little bit about who you are um, before Fitness Quest 10 came into your life? Absolutely. So, um, you know, growing up, I, I was such a lucky kid with an amazing family mom and dad, you know, that gave me this uh, great upper upbringing with, with school. I went to private school where my mom taught at. I played sports. I had uh, two siblings, you know, loved by my parents through and through and, yeah. you know, really given in any and every opportunity as a kid. So when you talk about whatever you, you want to call it, privilege or opportunity or whatever, it's like I really had all of that. Yeah. Uh, very secure in my 
myself, I guess, um, and, uh, you know, growing up playing sports and going to school and played a lot of different sports. But through high school, I kind of narrowed it down to wrestling and wrestling was a big part of my life uh, nice. <laughs> through my whole childhood. And so uh, wrestling for me and my brother led us both to college um, on scholarships. My sister actually went to college on a soccer scholarship. So, you know, sports and, and school were a big part of all of our lives. Nice. Yeah. Big part of our, I guess, identity and stuff like that, you know. Um, so going away to college, I uh, I went on a wrestling scholarship to UC Davis. Um, however, I think it's important to know that, that like throughout my high school and college years, mm -hmm. I. Throughout my high school and college years, I had. Are we good there, Candice? Yeah, somebody was trying to call, but I deleted them. No worries. No worries. Um, so uh, I, I hung out with the crowd. I, I don't know. I just, my lifestyle in high school and college, even though I was really doing well in school, I was going to parties. It's kind of like attracted to that party lifestyle and really social. Yeah. I still am a very social guy. But, yeah. you know, when you're social and kind of attracted to the, like the party scene and stuff like that and an athlete and kind of my personality is that like I went hard in a lot of things that I did, whether it was a soccer practice or a wrestling practice or a, mm -hmm. a party with my friends mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, so that lifestyle that I led in high school and college kind of I mean, it didn't just happen overnight. It was yeah. a long progression, part of my personality and my experiences and stuff like that. But it led me to. Having, you know, I, I started trying different things in high school. You know, it's the typical started smoking weed at first and then tried other things with some of my older kind of friends that were into that scene. And yeah, and it just led me down a path as I went on, even though I was going to a really good college on a on a, on a sports scholarship stuff like that. I was still developing a major problem with alcoholism and addiction. and um you know, by the time I was a senior in college, I, uh, I had full-blown drug addiction. And it was just something that was had built up over the years. I was very, like, kind of functioning for a while there, you know, able yeah. to practice, able to go to school, get good grades, this and that. But by the time I was a senior in college, my, my family and my coaches and my teammates and my friends and stuff kind of, like, you know, it was very evident to everybody. Um, and by that point too, I was into some really hard drugs. And so it was like no more functioning. I wasn't, I was missing practices. I was, you know, looking really yeah. terrible. And, and, you know, so my loved ones and my friends, they knew that I needed help. Yes. And at that um, time, go ahead. I was just going to ask, um, when, so what was it, um, that made you feel to say yes the first time you took the drug and not saying yes any other of any other times like was it the environment was it the people you know I, I i actually share kind of a story sometimes i've spoken at some local schools and i do that uh and uh i i specifically remember a time period because growing up in in up until eighth grade i was like very kind of sheltered, had didn't do any kind of, you know, drinking or smoking or anything like yeah. that. And I remember having this mindset that like when I went to high school, I was not going to smoke weed, even though I knew that there were people there that were. Yeah. And I completely remember having even a conversation with one of my good friends at the time, like, hey, man, like, you know, next year, those guys, I know those guys like they're smoke weed. We got to be, you know, stick together, make a pact. Like, let's. Yeah. And I, I specifically remember an instance, you know, when I was, you know, it's like summer between my eighth grade and my freshman year. And I was at a, a, a camp and um, around some older guys and that opportunity came around. And I think I just kind of like, you know, when you get around people and you're like, OK, these guys are doing it and, and they're cool. Yeah. And, and my personality, too, was kind of like curious and. So it was something switched at some point where I was like, OK, I'll try that. And, you know, and then. I liked it. Once, once you, know? you got started, yeah, we're like, I'll try that. All right, I'll try. Okay, once you try that, yeah, I mean, they talk about like marijuana or whatever being the gateway drug, and for my personal experience, it, it does kind of just work in that kind of order. You know, you 
you drink beer for the first time, then you you know smoke weed with your friends, and then you meet somebody that is doing something else, and so that just is the way it worked out for me. Yeah, you know, even as an athlete, like a high level athlete, that you know, um, it's big in in sports. I mean, in in high school yeah. and college and stuff like that. You know, parties. Oh yeah, it's big everywhere, and and yeah. it affects a lot of people in a lot of many ways, oh. and and it, and it all starts different for everybody. And like you said, you came up in like a secure home it wasn't like you you know were getting abuse and and for some people that is the reason they go into it or because their parents or whoever's around is into it so it just kind of falls naturally into their life path um yeah I want to know um you were saying that after a while your friends and family started noticing something was different but I want to know when was it for you that you started to notice that you were having an addiction or maybe that you were full-blown addicted? It was like my junior or senior year in college, I believe, and that I, it's kind of like a hazy kind of time period in my life because I was so, I was using so much at that time period that like, but I do know that like, yeah, I even though naturally I'm a very like upbeat, happy person, I experienced some real yep. low lows at those times when I was kind of not even anywhere near rock bottom yet, but I was starting to have that like kind of depression downward kind of like felt like I was losing control of my life. Yep. A little bit. And so yeah, there were some low points in my life in, I mean, some low moments, I guess, like moments of clarity. I remember, I think it was like I was a junior in college and I called my parents and I said, no, mom and dad, I need to come home. Like I'm addicted to drugs. My parents yeah. are like, you know, when you're a parent and you hear that from your kid, you just, you don't even know what to do. You don't know what yeah. to think. Yeah. I, I flew home for the weekend and, you know, spilled my guts to my parents and we're sitting there talking. And then like, I, I rested up for a couple of days, got my like, what's back together. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I got to go back to school. I'm like, it's wrestling season, this and that. Yeah. Like, and so by the end of the weekend, I was like telling my mom and dad, like, you guys, I'm fine. I'm sorry. I just had a you know rough couple of weeks. I'm, I'm going to be all right. I need to go back up to school and finish the school year or whatever. And, you know, when you're in it yourself and when you're a loved one, you don't know what the right thing is to do. And, yeah. and so there was the some moments there. It's yeah. different for everybody. Totally. So my there were some moments there in my junior, senior year in college where I did, you know, kind of just say for the first time, like, I got a problem and and still was trying to maintain and manage and go to school and this and that. And I was living away from, you know, up in Northern California. My parents were down in Southern California. But, um, yeah, I went I went through some some ups and downs. But it wasn't until the end of my senior year that people kind of intervened and said, hey, like school, wrestling, everything else is taking a backseat. You need to go away and get some help. and you know, I can you can you share some of you know the moments where you were at your lowest, where you weren't maybe so as functioning as and like going to your your schooling and and doing your practices and your training. Um, what was that like? What was that like? Like, what was the experience like? Can you share like the environment and and what kind of were the the triggers that would kind of pull you out to get you back into kind of functioning again and then you know what I mean because you you're it sounds like you were kind of going back and forth a little bit kind of functioning not functioning within your work so what were the triggers that were kind of pulling you in and out of both uh, sides yeah you know for a little while there I was leading a completely kind of like double life it was like on one side I was this guy that was like and a division one wrestler trying to go to UC Davis and, and, and go to classes with my peers yeah. and stuff like that. On the other side, my addiction had, you know, advanced to the point where like I went from, you know, Coke and pills to like heroin and meth. And like, nobody knew wow. that in my inner circle on the school and sports side, yeah. but I was hanging out with a completely different crowd on the other side that you just find when you're in that kind of a lifestyle, you just kind of find these you know, and so 
and my my addiction was kindly i think kind of fueled a little bit by you know there's so many things about addiction that when you know science or therapists or anybody still doesn't understand to this day and that's why it's like you know it's it's uh, mind baffling yeah and, and there's no real cure to it you know so yep. it's uh I do think, you know, you hear about how addiction is created and sometimes it's like, you know, genetically, genetic predisposition, which not knowing my parents, ancestors and stuff, don't know if that could have been. But, yep. you know, there also is a, an aspect that talks about another where it's like repeated use of chemicals or drugs or alcohol or whatever it is kind of rewires your brain and then you develop an addiction. And I feel for me like I was so addicted to that high. I kept chasing the high, kept chasing the high. I was I was a go I was a go hard kind of guy on either end, you yep. know, whether it was like wrestling practice or the way I used drugs. It was this I did this both the same way, and so when I was using drugs, it was kind of like never enough. I never stopped. Yep. So that's why, like, eventually the drug use kind of made my life so unmanageable. And I was trying to juggle both for a while, but at one point the, the, the addict in me kind of took over and it was like, okay, well, going and getting high or finding drugs was more important than going to school or going to practice. And then it was like apparent to everybody that, you know, okay, you know, Jeff needs help. And it wasn't me at that point going, okay, guys, like I want to go to rehab. Yeah. You know, and then it's usually not the case for a lot of addicts in the beginning. It's like a lot of times it's concern for parents and family and friends and stuff like yeah. that you're, you yourself can't or won't it's like that denial phase like you're like you're i was 22 years old i'm like you know what like i got this you guys you know like i'm just you know yeah i'm trying you know i'm just partying a little too hard i'll figure it out you know i'm, I'm you know i wasn't so ready. how impairment was it for you to have that support team and or mentors around you consistently be there and like what was it um that you know helped you decide okay it's it's time i need help and um can you explain a little bit about that experience you know i think that for me i have had a community of people supporting me and trying to help me my whole life so you know when you talk about why maybe I'm sitting here today, yes, I've overcome a lot myself, but at the same time, I've always had like this, this support system from my, yeah. parents, my parents, my siblings, my wife, um, people that are in my life, my coaches, different people that were always trying to guide me, help me, you know, give me opportunities. And so when you think about somebody like myself that had such a, you know, such great, you know, upbringing and leaders in my life and stuff like that. Yeah. Plus the support system all throughout the years, it was like, it shows number one that, you know, addiction doesn't discriminate. It could be nope. you know, the, you know, by age, gender, you know, race, nothing. Whatever, nothing. And to be honest, it's like sometimes when you see people that are in these, you know, broken homes and lower economic, you know, socioeconomic status. And they're yep. like, and I've come across a lot of those type people in, in the jail and rehabs and stuff that I, jails and rehabs that I've been to. Yep. And it's like, man, like that person really doesn't have anything. Like his brothers and, and dad are in prison. He's, you know, lives in, in, you know, South San Diego or whatever. And like, yep. if he gets out, it's like, he has nothing or nobody to even give him go to go him the right way or whatever. And me on the other side, I had all of this all along. So it was like, you know, thank God I, I, I was able to get clean and sober one day, but it wasn't like, you know, the, that, that day in college that I went away to rehab, it was like, okay, man, that was rock bottom. Now I better like turn my life away. That was the beginning of ups and downs where, People were fighting for my sobriety harder yeah. than I was in the beginning. And as time went on, I, I wanted it more and more, but still wasn't able to fight the beast. It's like, yes, it's a beast on your back. And, you know, family, you, you could show a picture of somebody's kid. You know, that's why addicts get these, these stereotypes of just being pieces of 
you know, I'm not going to say the word, but crap. Yeah. Really terrible people. Yeah. And it's because a lot of times they'll choose alcohol, drugs, or whatever over their their families, over their kids. You know, yeah. Like, who is the the dad that chooses the bottle over their kids? Well, uh, you know, I'm not. There's a lot. It's, I, well, for example, me, like I experienced that feeling as, as a daughter, right? My dad do, uh, was addicted to, to alcohol and there was a lot that I had to battle with, especially when I was younger, not wanting to believe that it was a disease. And it was that mind process of you're choosing that over me and how can you do that? And it's not until you're older that you're like, whoa, that is not the case in any means like if anything they are trying so hard for the opposite that it's like almost unbearable that it's almost leading them back to the bottle so it's like that that beast like you said that's playing a really really evilish game in your side of your brain yeah and yeah thanks for sharing that i didn't know that about your story but it is it's like you know there's a lot of families out there that have an addict or alcoholic in the family and it's not, you know, people at, at, there's points where that person might burn bridges of a brother or a sister or a mom or a dad or a son or a daughter, you know, because of the way that they continue to act by yep. lying, lying, stealing, cheating, whatever it is. Yep. It's so much that person is fighting their own battle that like, unless you've been there, it's, it's hard to even kind of explain about what it's like. And, you know, I know that like, I know sitting here today with, you know, with some sobriety under my belt that I can look back and go, yeah, of course. Like I would, I would want to, you know, my health and my family over being high, but when you're in it, you could put it's a different game. A different game, you know. You you can't say like, "Hey, you're gonna die if you don't stop using." Yeah. I was like, I I overdosed one night and went to the hospital. They woke me up. You know, the paramedics woke me up. Woke me up, and I woke up in the hospital, got discharged at some point, and I went right back over to the house I was at to use again. Wow. I just almost died. Like that's where you're. Did I want to live? Yeah, I wanted to live, but my mind was so wrapped up in addiction that. That awareness was not there of how bad wanting to live is more important than and doing these drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Fitness Quest 10 stumbled into your pathway during this um, journey of battling addiction. How has, how has it played a role in your life? Yeah, so... Um... There were, throughout my 20s, I say from that time I told you I went to rehab for my first time my senior year in college. Yep. From like 23 to 29 was when I got sober. But those were my darkest like years of addiction where in and out of jail and rehab and ups and downs. And there was three like, I think, pivotal people or figures in my life. And um, first of all, it was my family unit. My mom and my dad, my brother, my sister. Yes. For the beginning, you know, like they, they had no idea what to do with a, with a son or a brother that was dying or whatever. Yeah. So they tried their best for a long time. And as they experienced more of it, you know, you, you learn about codependency and all these other things that the family, you know, it's a family deal. So there's my family unit. At some point in my 20s, I um, I think I was like 25 or so, 26, I met my wife. She was living with my sister. My sister and her were best friends. And and she, um, you know, she understood addiction. There was some stuff within her family. So she'd been there before. And she's also a social worker. So she had just like kind of that understanding and awareness. That vibe, that energy. She understood kind of, you know, how addiction or alcoholism can play in the family. So she was my sister's best friend. I met her in my mid-20s. And then I found Fitness Quest 10 towards whatever it was, 28 or so. Um, Yeah, 28. Okay. Fitness Quest 10. And so it was between having my family 
you know, supporting me, meeting my wife, like those two people, those two entities or whatever were uh, fighting harder for my sobriety than I was at the time because I wasn't ready or I was still kind of like caught up in, in the scene and I'd have yep. a little bit of sobriety, then I'd slip back and I'd be doing stuff behind people's back. And then I found Fitness Quest 10 and when I was uh, 28 and part of finding this place was me moving from, I just got out of rehab um for the fifth time or whatever it is yeah and and that last time that fifth time I went was because my wife and I we were dating at the time and it was one of those like hey either like you go to rehab or we're done so I went to rehab again and got out she said why don't you move down to San Diego she was living down here and she yeah a condo that was one mile from Fitness Quest 10 not even okay right down the street so I, I moved down here with her trying to get out of my hometown and, and get my, you know, be around her and, and get my life together, get a job or whatever. So I yeah. moved down here and, um, literally at that point I had no driver's license, no car, no money, just a bunch of debt for court fines and all these other like 10 grand and court fees and whatnot. And, wow. yeah. and I, I moved in in Scripps Ranch right down here, the, down the street from fitness quest 10. And I went on Craigslist looking for a job and I saw, uh, a job posting for a director of first impression at Fitness Quest 10. So front mm-hmm. desk. And so that's the story. How it started is like, I was like, huh, Fitness Quest 10, that's that gym up the street by Vaughn's. Like it's in a shopping center right up the street from where uh, I was living with her at the time. And uh, so I printed out my resume at the time that was really just my name and yeah. when I went to school and you know I had that I was like a student athlete and you know luckily I did get my college degree and stuff but there wasn't a whole lot on it besides like I had on there like I worked for my dad's business or something business. but really I was I wasn't really employed throughout my whole 20s because I was in and out, in and out. So uh, I came in here. I remember I walked in the door and took a class as part of my interview. And I met Todd and, and the general manager, Julie. And um, I was like, wow, this place is like really cool. This, these people are awesome. Like the energy was yeah. People were here. I was just going to say, what's that energy like in there? Because like I've only seen Todd previously through running through CanFit Pro or yeah. like on the TV or on Instagram and stuff. So I can only imagine what it's like, like in person. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. On a, on a day where we got like, you know, a lot of sessions going on or a class and everybody's in here. It's not this huge, huge building. So it's kind of like strategically uh, like that where we, when you're when it's like the energy's popping in here, it's like people are rubbing elbows and high-fiving and you know it's like it's it's pretty awesome so i i came to a class and and i was like man this place is like and then i at the same time while i was interviewing for the job or you know when i come in for an interview i looked up a little bit about fitness quest 10 and todd durkin and i'm like man that yeah. gym that gym's pretty you know it's not just any gym you know like that guy todd it seems like a really you know influential guy and uh fitness quest 10 had a lot of you know had a great reputation and stuff that yep. I was reading about online. So that's how I came in and eventually ended up getting hired as a director of first impression. Wow. That's so that crazy. Was, uh, 2011. Yeah. in October will be, yeah. Nine years. Is that right? Yeah. Nine years. And wow. And so like you said, fitness quest 10 has, you know, a really high reputational, uh, you work with an extremely influential man. What has Todd's mentorship and leadership been, been to you? And also how has the opportunity of working at such a high end gym and award-winning gym, um, done for you and your career? Yeah. Um, you know, I'll say that, I've said this before. First of all, I think, you know, Fitness Quest 10 came into my life right when I needed it the most. You know, I was kind of yeah. like in this, in this place where I had my, my, my family supporting me. I had my soon, you know, my future wife in my life. She was my girlfriend at the time and she was wanting me to get my life back on trap, track yeah. and trying to help me out and everything. And then I got this opportunity to work at the front desk of this gym where it's like I came in. And you got this guy, Todd, the owner, you know, leader, 
mentor of the team. Yeah. I even remember within the first week of working here, there was a mentorship, a three and a half, you know, one of Todd's three and a half day mentorships that was hosted. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, 75 uh, fitness professionals, gym owners, gym owners from all across the country that, or the world that come in. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's like three and a half days of, of coaching and leadership and, and, you know, personal development, all this stuff. And it was like, I just kind of felt it right when I, when I came in here that like, man, this is like just being around other like-minded or people that are trying to, you know, the, the fitness and the training and everything had always kind of been a part of my life through sports yep. and, and stuff, even though drugs and addiction had kind of taken over that was kind of part of my roots you know part of yep. my upbringing and stuff so like that kind of part came natural like seeing athletes work out and train or just people lifting weights and exercising and then it was like that in addition with you know the the other component that todd does for so many people um like yourself you know uh yeah. as as a mentor through his 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 speaking and writing and, and bringing people together, like in his mastermind and coaching fitness professionals or, yeah. or just being a coach here and the, all the other trainers and coaches that we had here, all of a sudden I was put like on this team of, you know, 35 people that were all trainers, you know, Pilates instructors, massage therapists. And I, you know, I've always been a team guy, right? yeah. like high school, college, whatever it was like, that I thrived in a team environment. So now it was yeah. kind of first time since my, my, you know, uh, you know, athletic years, I was back yeah. on a team and, uh, you know, people that supported each other. And, um, so I think that, uh, was, you know, the, the leadership of Todd and, and, um, you know, the team environment here at Fitness Quest 10 were a couple of the things that just gave me that, um, you know, sign that, Hey man, this is, I want, you know, I want to, I can make a career out of this. And that was the first time I thought that being yeah. kind of lost and not knowing what to do, at, you know, for, for a long period of time. So bless you. You right there? It's all right. Take a second. No worries. Oh. You okay? Yeah, I swallowed some air. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time, girl. No worries. Take your time. <clears throat> Were there any times during fitness quest 10 that you fell back into doing drugs yes and uh you know thanks for bringing that up because um that is a part of the story that you know a lot of times if i meet new people or there's people here on the team that know my story um everybody knows that i had a past where i battled addiction and now i'm you know here on this other side and i've you know, been sober for a long time and stuff like that. Yep. A lot of people don't realize that except for people that I've worked with for a long time here is that I worked here for about a year, had like put together my first year of sobriety that I'd had since I was like eighth grade or something, you know, it was a, it was a year full of sobriety. I was doing yep. well. I was, I was doing well. I was kind of progressing forward. I still had this kind of like, you know, um, you know, I wasn't like, there was still some, some, some stuff inside that I was battling, but, um, what ended up happening is my wife got into a graduate program in New York and she went okay. to go to Columbia for a, a graduate program. And we decided that she said, Hey, look, you know, you're doing really good. I've sacrificed a lot up to this point. I'm going to go away to college or go away to grad school in New York. You stay here, keep working at Fitness Quest 10. And, you know, um, and so, Unfortunately, she left away, go away to school. Within a couple months of her leaving, I, you know, just, I, I had a relapse and it was like yep. the stars aligned in a bad way where kind of ran into somebody from, you know, that life. And, and, um, you know, I had a relapse that lasted for a solid six months or so. And nobody here at Fitness Quest 10 where I worked with knew what was going on. I just was 
kind of trying to maintain and, and hide stuff. And then um, eventually, you know, it hit the fan and it was, it was a bad deal. It was a really rough time for my wife, who was my fiance at the time. Yes. Um, it, it crushed her, crushed my family. And literally the, the day that like she found out, she called Todd went straight. I was like, I was like, don't say anything. Like I'm yeah. that same kind of like addict kind of talk. Like I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get it straight. Like, yeah. I kept, like even if you're an, an addict or an alcoholic really wants to stop and believes they're going to, they could be telling themselves like, no, I really am going to get, you know, stop this week or this month and get my yeah. stuff back on straight, you know? And I was telling other people that, I believed it myself, but you're just unable to do it, you know, and so um, kind of got to, I mean, I, Todd sat down with me, we talked about what was going on, he put me on like a, a contract, basically like a contract that I signed that said, hey, okay. like, I'm going to stay sober, I'm going to go to meetings, I'm going to not be, you know, use drugs, this and that, and and unfortunately, like, I I just wasn't able or ready or or whatever and so i ended up going away back to to rehab for that last time that was in 2013 and i was away for three months and um and uh by the grace of god i've been able to stay clean and sober since but uh you know it was it was like i said you know people people ask that question a lot like you know when did you hit rock bottom or what was what was rock bottom like like i hit a lot of rock bottoms just up yep. and downs and trying to get on my feet and not have it. And for whatever reason, this last time I went in, I knew that I had this like job or career or community of people. Yep. Plus 10, I had this, mm-hmm. this girl in my life that could be my future wife and this and that. And I, my yeah. family, like my family had seen their glimpses of the first, you know, peace or hope that they've had for me in a long time, you know, yes. And when a kid is struggling like the way I was, it's like your your life as a parent is just filled with fear and worry and depression and everything like that. And that's my parents. Yep. Uh, Constant asking, how can I help and what can I do? And yeah. yeah. So after coming back um, for the last time, what are some of the strategies that you have implemented for yourself? And how important is it for you to have kind of put boundaries for people to have on you kind of like 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 the contract so like you the support how are you asking people to support you now to help keep you on track well i think that first of all like being in a community like a a community of other people that have been where you have been as is huge and that's the whole uh ideology behind aa or na and and uh i you know, I've been a part of the AA community for a long time, long before I got sober, you know, for yep. years before I got sober, then I got sober and I've, you know, have seven years and seven and a half years or whatever it is yep. of variety. And so um, being in a community like that, you know, and, and, you know, some people get sober in, in a lot of different ways. And sometimes it's, it's through AA and that community. And sometimes it's through a church and, and that community. And, and luckily, like with Fitness Quest 10, that it did give me a community of people that, you know, I I got to come and and have those relationships of, with people that are like, you know, trying to trying to get better, you know, yep. and trying yep. to help other people and as well. So, um, you know, I think finding a community of people is is one of the most important things as somebody that is you know, trying to get sober or newly sober. Um, you know, I think that's, that's number one and, and being, you know, part of like an A community, maybe having a sponsor, even a mentor, you know, it's like, I had a sponsor, I had like Todd yep. and teammates. Um, so has, has creating like a routine or, or certain habits really been important to you and like what is your routine like because I know you're one of those uh crazy five like 5 a.m workout people you're like first at the gym well first of all just working out has been huge for me because it does it's part of my routine on a you know daily or you know almost everyday basis where I you know 
it's like a healthy addiction, you know. Yes. <laughs> Not always healthy. Sometimes train a little too hard and lift <laughs> too much weight, and you know, but uh, but it really is, you know, like so. Exercise for for me and for anybody that's like trying to to get clean or sober. I I believe you know Todd talks about it. Just the the physiological effect that happens from wor- working out. Yes. You know, the, the, the chemicals that are released in your brain from a workout. And we've all experienced it that have done a hard, a hard workout where you just yes. feel amazing. Well, yeah. It's that high, that runner's high they talk about. Oh, after a workout where you're just like feeling great. So like working out is a big part of my routine. Being accountable to people. Like my accountability, uh, system has just grown over the years because in the very beginning, I was accountable to my employer and the other employees about showing up for my front desk. Yeah. There was a little bit of accountability or responsibility. And I also have recovery people, you know, my sponsor people in the, in the recovery community. But as, as my, as my career has gone or grown here at fitness quest 10, then I became a trainer. Then I started having clients all of a sudden, like I felt like now, okay, I'm a coach now. I'm this person's coach. This yes. person is, you know, a high performing business executive or athlete or youth kid or whatever it is. Now it's like my accountability, like I'm I'm that person's coach. So all of a sudden I had this like team of people that I was coaching or training. Yeah. So now I feel like this purpose as a coach and, and more account I'm accountable accountable to more people. And that continued to grow and then I uh, I had a son, you know, yes. gives you, you know, purpose and, 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 um, you know, even more drive or, uh, reason to be and stay sober. And, you know, as my work role or responsibilities have grown to manage, uh, to a manager position that I'm, I'm, you know, responsible for taking, taking care of our staff and making sure that I'm, you know, I got to like be the guy that's like leading by example and stuff. And so yeah. I take all that very seriously, you know, and um, so whether it's my routine or my lifestyle or whatever, I'm like very grateful that I'm in a position today where I can, um, you know, live day to day with a sober and clear mind and, uh, you know, have the routine and the community that I do have. Um, because I know for a fact, if I was not clean and sober, I would not have any of the stuff that I have today, you know, from, from my job. So I have, I have a couple more questions for you. Um, the first one is what is your, what is your mission and your purpose statement now? And, uh, I'll get to the final question after. Okay. Well, my mission and I think keeping my, you know, as a recovering addict is number one to stay clean and sober. That's first and foremost, because I know that the minute that I put my guard down or, or, or think that it might be okay for me to have a beer with some friends yep. or that, it's just like, I've seen it. I know it. Like I, I know that that is just not worth even thinking about trying. Um, yes. Because I could lose everything just with that. So staying clean and sober and then uh, continuing to grow in my role as a coach, a mentor and a entrepreneur, you know, like I, other just growing just as, yep. as a as a as an entrepreneur in business and, you know, surrounding myself with the right people and and, um, you know, making sure that. I'm working in that area that continues to serve my purpose. And I think, you know, like fitness quest 10 has given me a platform where I've found that, um, you know, I love working with people. I love coaching. I love training. I love wrestling. I love all that stuff. So, you know, the, the future is to be told on where that all leads. I know that like, I'm very grateful for the the leadership and uh, the mentorship that I have received from Todd over the years here at Fitness Quest 10, I know he's, he has, you know, a passion to serve people that's, you know, really unmatched, I believe. Um, yes. I see, you know, like the person that he is, 
uh, on camera or whatever it is where he's just like, I, I see him having the one-on-one conversations with trainers at conferences and this. So he has this deep yeah. drive to help not only people like become better versions of themselves as, you know, in the fitness mindset or the athletic performance mindset, but also other trainers and coaches that are all helping groups of people like yourself. Yes. You know, you're, you're impacting your community and he wants to help, uh, you know, guide and, and, and lead you and, and mentor you and stuff. So like that. So, um, I'm very grateful to have, you know, been able to work so closely with him all these years. Um, where can my listeners find you? Uh, well, my Instagram is at Bristol fit and that's where I, I guess, spend the most time on social media, but also on Facebook and, you know, uh, here at fitness quest 10 would be my favorite way. If you're in San Diego, please come and, uh, you know, see us over here. We have a great team and we have a lot of fun around here, but, but yeah, at Bristol fit on Instagram would be the place to go. Awesome. Um, before I finish, uh, off by asking my last question i do want to just say thank you again um for all that you're doing to make such a positive impact in the world and just being so authentic in sharing your story and and being real and and raw with it and you know just letting people see the the light of the dark that that is there with addiction and really um being so open to to growing yourself because uh within that you are making um a huge impact you made an impact in my life through listening to the the episode with Todd and and then starting to follow you and I just love your story I love your stories um I love seeing Knox like your little guy like all of those things um so thank you so very much for being you and and staying true to who you are because the world truly does need you and thank you so very much for sharing your energy and your time with me today. Oh, thank you, Candice. And, and keep up the great work. You're doing a lot of great stuff. And I, I appreciate you having me on. And, and I will tell you before you ask me this last question that if I, you know, one thing that those experiences going through, like like yourself, have you've been through, you know, and I want to hear yep. more of your story one day. Um, but th- like the experience that you've gone through as a, as a child of an alcoholic and me yeah. as a addict and my family as well has given me an a perspective for other people or other families that are going through stuff, whether it is alcoholism or addiction or whatever it is. Um, yeah. you know, it's like 10 years of struggle has given me this ability to understand, um, the perspective that other people, the families that are struggling, and um really like when it comes to like an addict or an alcoholic within the family unit it's like there's so many people that either suffer from alcoholism or addiction themselves or have loved ones that are going through that kind of stuff so um you know i i think that's been the biggest blessing that this whole experience has given me because you know my ability to empathize with people and understand where they're going is grown a lot like yourself you you know yeah and I really feel this episode's going to be able to resonate with a lot of people, um, no matter where they are in their journey of maybe having somebody being addicted to something or themselves being the addict. Um, my final question for you is, what is your perspective on positivity? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, number one, I'm very grateful for the ability that you know, I think sometimes is more innate in some of us, like, like yourself, I can feel that energy, that, you know, smile. Yeah. The, and I'm like, you know, I could wake up on any day right now where it's like, all right, even though we're like we're working hard and yeah, there's bills and fan and, you know, stuff that you're juggling and everything like, but I'm like, yeah. you know, let's go, you know, let's, yeah. this is a great day. Um, yeah. you know, and I also know that there's certain things that can, you know, enhance your, ability to have a positive outlook or mindset and it's the stuff the people you're around the stuff that you're reading or watching or listening to uh candace's you know podcast or well that kind of stuff is the stuff that's gonna lift your head up and give you hope and, and happiness and that kind of stuff um and also you know i do you know understand that there are other 
you know, my wife's a therapist and, you know, I understand, you know, from, from, from being there and in talking with people on a regular basis that struggle yep. just to, just to, um, keep their head above water with yes. you know, depression, anxiety, like all that stuff, that mental health stuff that is so real and so prevalent and just yep. just right now, especially with everything going on, just magnified so much. Yes. So like, you know, when in, in my gratitude, like list, of course I got my physical health, but like having that solid mental health is something that should never be taken for granted. Yes. Or, or that you can like take care of that mental health and, and, and read the right stuff and listen to the right stuff and be around the right people and stuff. Um, you know, it's really a blessing to be able to like be, uh, be in that positive mindset. And so never take that for granted. And, and, uh, and yeah, listen to your podcast and <laughs> yes, that'll help. We'll end it at that. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, thank you again so very much. You enjoy the rest of your day. Go kick some butt in the gym. And uh, I look uh -oh. forward to connecting with you. Um, when everything is done, I will be sending you the link. Awesome. I can't wait. Awesome. You out here to San Diego also. Yes, yes. It is on my top of my list of goals of getting down there for sure. 2020. It's the year. Yes, yes. Uh, Candace, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Wow, wow, wow. Wasn't that such a powerful story, man? Jeff really just laid it out online. He shared, you know, a a powerful uh, lesson within his life that he learned, and and ways that you can can help others if you are on the outside of addiction, and and ways that you can help yourself if you are in the inside of addiction, and so much more. He is such an inspiration, and if you guys liked this episode, please let us know what you guys thought by sharing it on the social. On Instagram, it is at Jeff Bristol, and for myself, it's at Sparkplug Wellness. On Facebook, it is Jeff Bristol, and it's Candace Axford for myself. Also, please rate and review the podcast. It truly does help get the value of my guests out to more listeners, and it lets me know I'm on the right track to providing you guys with what you guys are wanting to listen to. If this was your first episode listening or your 10th or your 30th, I want to say thank you so very much. I appreciate you guys so so much. I have so much love for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is now time to go out and do something positive and be positive.